Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 5, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Actually, there's a ton of stuff on the docket. We're going to go through the normal stuff, but I have extra commentary in terms of the big picture. So you might want to strap in, get out the sticky notepad, sit back, and let it happen. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart. What's jumping off the page? And by the way, it was, what do we call it? Turnaround Tuesday. What did the market do? It turned around. What was happening yesterday? It was getting into the teetering zone. It was getting into the zone where the rubber band was becoming stretched and therefore, it was susceptible, and still is, by the way, susceptible to break. And if the rubber band breaks, we're looking at another leg down that would be likely a lot faster and a lot more Halloween-ish, like scary-ish, than the current or first leg down. Instead, today on Turnaround Tuesday, we had a bit of a rescue operation, a little bit of an early squeeze to send price higher. What's a squeeze? It's a short squeeze. It's the traders that bought puts yesterday or was short the market in some way, shape, or form yesterday found themselves with a pie in the face first thing this morning. They start to cover the positions. It creates another bout of buying. Buying begets buying. A little bit of panic buying sets in. Price gets sent higher until it reaches such a point in which it's a resistance area. Now let's take a look at what happened from a bigger picture perspective. That's kind of the commentary behind it. Let's look at the numbers, the charts. Forget the rhetoric. They're still stuck below three out of the four moving averages that I follow. Below the 100 period moving average, tried to recapture it today, wasn't able to do so. Doesn't mean that they won't recapture it tomorrow. When we look at other charts on shorter time frames, some of the intraday stuff, You'll find out, and it'll make more sense, what they actually did today and the reasons why they stopped where they did. They could have went higher, but they chose not to at the end of the day. Instead, they pulled back a little bit. But what we'll see is they didn't do anything out of the ordinary. While we're on the big picture, now we're on a weekly chart. I want to make mention of a couple of things. I want you to jot this stuff down. Keep it in the memory banks. Keep it in the back of your mind on a sticky note. Don't put the sticky note on the back of your head. It's a metaphor. We're watching the weekly chart, but it's only important on the weekly close, but I'm always watching it. I want to see what they're trying to do, what they are doing, where the important spots are. So let's pick out a couple of important spots from a weekly chart perspective. We're expanding the picture. It's the big er picture. It's the picture 5X. Daily chart is 1X, therefore weekly chart is 5x. So we've got this 20 period moving average, the weekly 20 period moving average. So let's just call it what it is and say if they recapture it by Friday's close, they will have maintained the trend is your friend until it's not. Let's just leave it at that. Now, what else is on the weekly chart? Well, we have a weekly breakup candle with a low at 421. 97. Now, we didn't come anywhere near 421.97 this week, 
But just as a point of reference, it's a weekly breakup candle. They don't necessarily have to go test the low, but we have to be aware of where the low is. If she goes the other way, that's an area where they'll fight to stay above it on weekly close unless they're just killing the tape. But that's an important spot to know. Another important spot to know, and it's more of a general area, but it's this area where the market ran up to, it didn't get through right away, it was rejected, pulled back, they finally broke out above. Now, we've come down almost to that area. So that area also happens to be, or coincide with, that same breakup candle low from this weekly chart. So here's the way I'm looking at this, one of two ways. A, if they come down further, that's going to be an important area, zone, general ballpark. But there's another thing at hand. What if, what if the market wasn't able to get down there and run a test? When that happens, and we see it happen intraday with gaps and things like that, a lot of time, and the way I like to look at it is either they're going to come right back down and fill the gap and likely go lower, and this is when they miss it by a little bit, or it's a bullish signal. They'll be back later, but before they come back later, they're going to have another leg higher. They're leaving the gap alone. Let me give you a case in point. 318.92 right here is a gap that's just like the one we just described. Also, I'm going to say that this breakout area is the same concept as the gap that we just described. What am I saying? Am I saying the market's going to go back up? Am I saying she's going to make new highs? No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is now that we're off the weekly chart and we're back to the daily chart, we drill down a little bit and say, hey, if they're able to get above a certain thing on the daily chart, well, then we're going to give the market its due. We're also going to recognize what just happened recently. The market came down. It bounced up. It completed what we discussed while it was happening or when it was up here. Is this going to be an ABC corrective pattern? A leg down, B leg up, C leg completes below the low of the A leg. Well, guess what? That absolutely happened. And now, upon the completion of that thing, she's now bouncing back in the other direction. Was this ABC all she's going to do on the downside indefinitely and that's it? She's going to go back up? No, but for now, after coming down all these days, and there were very minimal green days in between all the red ones from the top on September 2nd all the way back here. So the market, we'll just call it a month in time. We're calling it a month. So the market came down for about a month. Certainly, it can keep going on the downside, but when the market goes down for about a month, would it be out of the ordinary to now have what we'll call a dead cat bounce, a relief rally, anything of the sort? And the answer is, that's garden variety market behavior. Now, pay attention. If the dead cat bounce, the whole relief rally thing, if she turns into more than a bread box, we have to recognize it and we have to say, hey, maybe, just maybe, she's not ready yet. Now, we have a side gauge. We talked about it last night, and we're going to get to it in a little while, and it's going to give us a clue if, in fact, 
the market is teetering on collapsing, or is she not ready yet? And here's the thing. Every time I turn around, whatever YouTube video it is, whatever blog it is, whatever emails are sent to me from members, from non-members, just from you all, some of the YouTube viewers, we have what's called the email indicator. Guess what? The email indicator was too bearish, too fast. We've all seen the email indicator before. Doesn't necessarily work 100% of the time, but it certainly falls into the duck category. It looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Generally speaking, using the 80-20 rule, it's going to be a duck. Well, guess what? The email indicator was bearish, was too bearish, too fast. And what that tells me is not that the market's going up. It tells me we have to be aware that we could see a failure in the making of the recent downtrend. What does that mean? It means she's not ready yet. A lot of discussion, including by me, about October, about September, about anniversaries, about the tech wreck, the dot-com bubble, the 87 crash. All these things are reasons why you have to pay attention But there are also reasons why when too many people catch on and they start playing the downside, they're buying puts, they're shorting stocks, they're doing whatever they're doing, and all of a sudden, on a slight jolt higher, you get that short covering beginning, you get a squeeze, the squeeze begins to become panic buying, panic buying begets more buying, and then all of a sudden you have one hell of a or a whopper of a rally on your hand. It's an awareness that we need to be aware of. Is that like a double negative or a double positive or a double something? You can't use the same word twice in a sentence with like three words. All that discussion about what happens if, and we're on the daily chart, what happens if? Well, where is that if area? Where's the first if area? Well, how about 436.77? close daily above that spot, and they'll run a test of the gap window or this breakdown candle high right at, and what a coincidence, no accidents or coincidences, another big fat round number of 440, which would also coincide with, give or take, ES 4400. Those numbers become magnetic, so if you see the market begin to push higher, you'll know that the big fat round number, a la 440, will eventually become magnetic if, in fact, she can get above this breakdown candle high, 436.77. What was the high today? How about 435.49? So she was working her way up there, but she didn't quite get there. So now we're going to simplify it and say if the SPY gets above 436.77, first on hourly closes, and then it morphs onto the daily chart from there. If she gets above there, there's likely a test of 440 or higher in the near future. Now, what if that doesn't happen? What's the other thing? Well, the other thing is staying down in this area, and she's working on a bearish, flaggish kind of thing where she's building energy underneath the 100 period moving average and that would produce 
another leg lower, the one we were discussing before, where she's essentially teetering, the rubber band conversation. But the rubber band changes the more she eats time off the clock and runs sideways. So when she goes down and down and down, that's the rubber band scenario. She goes sideways for a while, the rubber band kind of relieves some of that pressure. As she's going sideways, you can envision holding the rubber band taut, one end gripped with one hand, the other end gripped with another, and you're pulling on it. But as the market goes sideways, you're letting some of the tautness out. You're letting it come together. You're relieving some of the tension. That's working time off the clock from a stretched rubber band perspective, but that doesn't change the fact that she would be earning the right to make another push lower out of a bearish, flaggish kind of thing underneath the 100-period moving average. If, and that's a hypothetical, if that was the scenario that took place. So you have the schematics. Either she's going to push higher over this breakdown candle high, or she's going to continue doing the same thing, and she's essentially going to build energy and go lower. So we have the numbers. All we need to know is one number. Until or unless she gets above 436.77 on daily closes, she's likely going lower. Period. Full stop. What about the 240 chart? What do we have on the 240 chart? Well, pretty simple. We have a couple of things that we have to take notice of. A, we have a newly supplied breakup candle. So now we have a low all the way down at 429.39, slightly below the big fat round number of 430. Okay, fair enough. Good to know. If, in fact, they're down there, we know that they're going to fight, have a bull bear battle down in that neck of the woods around the breakup candle low. Okay, fair enough. But look what else happened. So you have a big breakdown candle here. The high was 433.96. Well, guess what? You close this candle above that breakdown candle, so even if she comes down a little bit, at least the way I look at things, right? It's not always correct, but you have to have a system. This is my system. The fact that she closed above that breakdown candle high is kind of like one of those flares up in the air saying, hey, even if we eat time off the clock and run sideways for a while, chances are, odds on, that she's got another leg higher in the cards. Okay, that's my read from the 240 chart. Put it on a sticky note. What about the 120 chart? Anything different here? No, she's actually already doing the thing where they eat time off the clock and they start to come down and run some tests down the breakup candle. So instead of putting in a bullish flaggish thing, which would keep them in the top portion of this candle like this, now, that was possible, but it's not possible now because she already started to come down. So we've got a 20-period moving average, and we have a low here. Now, she can stop anywhere in between, but of interest would be the low. If she came down to the low, that's an opportunity. Somewhere in between, we may get an opportunity from another chart, but not from this chart. Light bulb go on? Apples? You like them apples, don't you? If that went right over your head, you got to go take the course lazy e-mini trader. If it didn't, then you're in the Macintosh club. Hourly chart, same routine, no change from the 120 and the 240, same concept. It's confirming the same routine. What's going on inside the numbers? Well, I think we had it, what we say is going on today inside the numbers. Let's run through the commentary, 
I think you'll see what we're talking about. We had something for everybody inside the numbers. It was turnaround Tuesday. Wake up a little green, off to the races. Now, I'm not sure how these numbers got swapped out. These aren't numbers, they're letters. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know the difference between numbers and letters. That's kind of interesting how I typed it that way and didn't notice it. We're going to chalk it up to it was zero dark 30, and it really was pre-coffee. Lots of bears, lots of puts, lots of reasons for a squeeze if she's above the right stuff and starts to get going. So that's kind of on the brain. It's one of those things where the market's been down for 30 days. You're going to get a squeeze at some point. You're going to get a rip-your-face-off rally. It's just the way it works. I don't consider today a rip-your-face-off rally, but you started to get some kind of a squeeze early in the morning, petered out a little bit. Maybe that's all she has. We don't know yet. We have the stuff from earlier on the SPY. Right out of the chute, the first thing we know long before the market even opens is 430.45 is a key spot the bulls would like to open the day above. If they do or get above during the regular session and close candles above, the door would be ajar for 433 and change, then 434 and a quarter or so in due time. 428.70, give or take, is a gap left open from yesterday's close. It's an important thing. But they never made it down there, and that goes right to the conversation we had before. That's a bullish sign. And I talk about it all the time, and the reason is, is because we see this kind of thing all the time. You've got to be able to recognize it in real time in order to take advantage of it. Sometimes there'll be a trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew moment, but for the most part, we know a duck when we see one. 9.22, again, before the opening bell, write that down, before the opening bell. Aggressive traders can buy a spike of the big fat round number, SPY 430. Now, pay attention to this because this is one of those things that most people just aren't aware of. They're not looking at it. It's nothing against those traders. They're just not looking at other stuff. I like to look at stuff nobody's looking at. So here's the deal. The ES is trading around 4307. That's at the time that I wrote this about 922. Let's say they run down to their big fat round number of 4,300. So it's about 70 cents down. It's about 10 cents for every point. That's the way it works. There should be support in and around that spot. It puts the SPY around 429.50, give or take. I'm a buyer around SPY 429.50 for a reaction back in the other direction. You know the drill? Right of the vertical is today's activity. Here's a five-minute chart. 429.50 is the horizontal line splitting the screen. What was low of day? 429.39. How you doing? I could say, need I say more, but there is more. Let's move along, see what else we have. Anyone that was filled on ACI should be booking profit along the way. That was even before 9.31. 9.31 is when I actually got the post up. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It was a quiet open, and they didn't fall right away, so we're looking, we're watching. If Trick and Company begins a shakeout operation, look for a drop to around 429.50. What did they do? They had a shakeout operation, and they dropped them to about 429.50. I called it a scalp with potential. Profit along the way. You don't know how high they're going to go at 9.37 in the morning. 42877 is also a spot if they should drop more. Like to have a safety net. 
I like to know what the game plan is on both sides of the tape. I always want to know the just-in-caser. They didn't do that. We didn't need that. Right away, they got back to 430. So as a scalp trade, you got to take some profit off the table. Now you keep some, and then what we have is one of our famous risk-free, emotionless trades. FCX, working on it. We're 11 minutes into the day. We're already making money. By 942, what we're saying is 432 is a good target or just in front of it for another exit on the long SPY trade. Whether it was options, exchange-traded products, the ES, the micros, the minis, whatever else they have, doesn't matter. They all trade together. Back to the chart, just so you can get a visual of what we're talking about. 432 is up here. The entry is 429.50. You take profit along the way. But in between that area is 25 S&P handles. 25. We're moving along. 945 still hanging in there with a trailer for SPY 432. Doesn't mean they can't go higher later. Just from a short-term basis, it's resistance. About a nice trade for the boys, for the girls, for the traders. We're moving along here, see what else we have. It's really all the same trade. We're just kind of managing it, commenting on it. Traders are making money. All is good this morning. The prize today would be 434 on a trend day up if they do that. 433 is also overhead resistance. Back to the picture, there's your 434. The high in this candle was 434.05. There you had the pullback. They pulled back to a low of 433.16. So there's about nine points on the pullback. So here's what I said. So far, it looks like a trend day up, acts like a trend day up, smells like it. It's a duck kind of trend day up. So I'm not taking a short up there, meaning at 433, not after the easy profits already. Remember, it's a squeeze at the time. That's what it appeared to be. They can go a lot higher. You never know when the next leg is going to show up moving along. However, I would short 434, likely a spike above it. If reached sooner than later, that would be a great spot for a morning pivot. Back to the picture. Now, that really wasn't the morning pivot. They kept going higher. However, it was a pivot. They did pull back. Any trader that did take the short with me up there were paid accordingly. From this point, I think you get the picture. I'm scrolling up. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. After we get done with the notes, we're going to circle back to stocks on the move. But I urge you, if you want to learn stuff, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check what's going on. You'll learn stuff along the way. This is a compounding business. It's compounding of your money, but it's also compounding of your knowledge. Stocks on the move. We had a gap up this morning, but we still had four opportunities on the board. We had Freeport, McMoran, FCX, Borg Warner, BWA, SFM, and ACI. We're going to jump to the charts. We're going to leave out Borg Warner. They didn't do the thing, but the other three did their things. So let's go see what the pictures look like. How about Freeport McMoran? We had two numbers. The first one was 32.16. The second one you can't see on the screen wasn't that much lower, 31.48. The low of day was in between. The low was 31.75. They didn't get to the second. They ripped back in the other direction. So they give the base hit and then some. Doesn't look like much, but look at the high here, 32.76. So it's more than the minimum required base hit. 
And by the way, base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. By the way, was 32-16 important? Sure it was. First candle bounced off of it over here at 12.30 in the afternoon, came back to run a test, bounced off again, came back to it at the end of the day. It's an important number. Know thy numbers. And by the way, the numbers work. Sprouts Farmer's Market, SFM. This is what happened. We'll call it a screw job. Why not? Open the day at 21.56, which is two pennies below my number. So what it does is it keeps me away. Open below the number. I'm looking to the next number. I'm not looking at that number any longer. I essentially, in my mind, wipe it off the board. So they ended up ripping back in the other direction anyway. So all I have to say is the number worked from a trading perspective. It didn't do it in the manner in which I prefer. Still, the numbers work. Every day, over and over and over again, the numbers work. Speak of the devil, the numbers work. How about Albertson's ACI? On the board, bright and early, 2841, low of day. How you doing? 2841. The rest is history. Now, I didn't get filled on this. Some traders got filled. Not everybody would have gotten filled. Some traders front ran it. Some traders got a fill. Other traders were left standing at the altar. Again, trading is one thing. The numbers is a separate thing when they match up and they come into the number and they give you the trade in the manner in which we like it. The winning percentage is pretty darn freaking good. If you have the discipline to do it in the way I which describe it, paint by the numbers, you'll be a winning trader. That's the way it works. If you don't have the discipline, you make up your own rules along the way, you're going to have different results. I can't tell you how many times this happened. Let's say stock A or stock XYZ, whatever it is, runs down to the stop at, let's just say, 10, 10, 15 in the morning. It goes to the stop. It goes 20 cents below a stop. And then I'll get an email from a trader saying, hey, it got stopped out of whatever, XYZ. And I'll say, well, it didn't close the hour below the stop, but that becomes trader choice. You can always do whatever you want to do. I'm just providing a set of parameters, a set of numbers, a system, a whole thing. But if you want to deviate from that, that's your choice. I can't tell you how many times I get those emails, and then all of a sudden, by the end of the hour, the thing's trading above the stop, and an hour later, it's already given you the profit, and it keeps going. And guess what? We've all seen that over and over and over again. The stops are not arbitrary. They're also important numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Now, they're stuck in this area where all these moving averages are. So they can go up, they can go down. They're not really giving us anything unless you really peel back the onion and you say, well, maybe they are giving us something. What can we derive from this? Let's take a look at this a little bit closer. All right, fair enough. A, it's my favorite market leading indicator. So they're not leading on the downside anymore. All of a sudden, you're putting in higher lows. You have a low. A higher low, a higher low, a higher low. So we've seen this and we talked about this for the last several days, last several videos. We have to be aware of this. Yesterday, they did not make a lower low than the previous day, but the SPY did. That's also interesting information. Now, take that stuff, the higher lows and the not making a lower low yesterday, take that information and take this my favorite market leading indicator, right? Write that one down on the sticky note. Weekly chart. 
Now, we're hovering underneath the 20-week moving average, but think about this a couple of different ways. A, they've had every opportunity to get rejected. They've had every opportunity to fall away. There's been bad days in the market. They could have killed this thing any number of times over the last month, but they didn't do it. Well, let's look at this one. Here's Irene, and let's just say that they've run a test of Irene, and now, as long as they're above Irene's low, they're essentially, and I can make a case that they've come up off the low, and they're basically making like a bullish pattern to make another run higher. We have to be aware of this. There's another area that we can be aware of even higher. Here's another breakup candle. This is a weekly chart. Remember, here's the low, and as long as they don't close a week below that low, guess what? They tested it, but they never closed a week below it, so that's even a higher number that the IWM stays in a bullish mode. So we have numbers that are important, and we know they're like gateways. If we get below, then something changes. If they stay above, we can't really be too bearish the IWM right now. Now, you can wake up one day and they're killing the tape. We get all that stuff. We're just using the 80-20 rule, looking at the chart, forgetting all the external stuff. Forget the news, forget the wall of worry, forget the politics, forget China, forget the semiconductor space. Forget inflation, forget the Fed, forget money printing, forget taper, forget non-taper, forget taper tantrum, forget all that stuff. And for now, let's just say on a weekly basis, here's a low of 217.44. Above 217.44, she's okay. Period. Full stop. There it is. Back to the daily chart, 217.44. That's our number. Guess what? What was the low over here on the first? 217.74. Was she running a test? You better believe it. Here's the other side, or at least more information for the bull case if she stays above. Get above this high here, 225.60, and she's going to run, and she's not going to look back. There's going to be a lot of covering. It's going to be a short squeeze. You got to be aware of this. Again, these are awarenesses. You have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. If you're not, you're going to get thrown out of the game. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They had a rip, roar, and rally. Now, this could be classified as a rip-your-face-off rally. 250 points, 1.77%. That's a rip-your-face-off rally. What happens if they get above 14,760? Watch out above. Everything, it's going to be like a rising tide lift all boats. Everything's going to get a lift. They're also going to be up there already because 14,760, if the transports are up there, the SPY is going to be rising. The Qs are going to be rising. The IWM is going to be rising. SMH, everything under the sun, the financials, everything's going to be getting a rally push behind it. At this point, much below 14,200, and failure begins to enter the conversation. From a weekly chart perspective, we're not going to get too excited yet. You have a curling over 20-week moving average, so that's coming on top of price. Happens to coincide with the breakdown candle the high, 14,760, it's not the same number, but it's close. That number comes from a different reason. But when you have two reasons for the same thing and they're really close together, it gives you more confidence that that thing, that whole concept is correct. So while things look good, and we talk about this all the time, they may look good for another day or two getting up there, but at the same time, until they get above there, all they were doing is running a test getting everybody bullish again. That's the way it works. 
Sometimes it works for more bullishness. Sometimes they go a lot higher. Sometimes everybody gets bullish, and then the rug gets pulled out. They open the trap door, and everybody gets a conveyor belt of pies in the face. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q people. So I did a lot of thinking today, did a lot of work today, not only in the Qs, but the NASDAQ composite, a lot of things around the horn with technology, and here's what I'm coming up with. I'm boiling it down to the simple thing. This is a bona fide head and shoulders pattern. If it fails and they close back above that neckline, it's no longer a head and shoulders pattern that we would expect to play out to the downside as a result of this pattern. Now it can go back and forth and still fail, but you have to play by a set of rules. So this is the rule. If she goes back above and closes the day back above that neckline, it's a failure and the head and shoulders gets wiped off the table. Now I'm gonna add something else to it. If that happens, now you have a lot of traders that were looking at this. It was in blogs, it was on TV, it's all over the place. So you have a lot of people talking about the head and shoulders on the cues. I was getting emails about it, a la the email indicator. So if in fact, a lot of traders were looking at this head and shoulders, therefore they were expecting it to work. Therefore they were short the cues, they own puts, whatever the way they were doing it is, they were short the market. Now, if it's gonna fail, you're gonna get a big short squeeze. Why? Because they're gonna have to cover because they're gonna have been wrong. May take a while, they may do it in shifts or in waves. Some people may not believe it right away, but I'm here to tell you, you close above that neckline, you don't wanna be short the cues, you can re-engage at a higher price another time. At this point, here's what we're gonna say. We're watching the neckline. If they hit it and they fall away, then it's likely got a lot lower and this whole thing is gonna play out and we'll give you a target on the downside. But first, you gotta get below yesterday's low. And second, if they get above that neckline, look out above. They'll run right into the convergence of the moving averages, fill the gap, not necessarily right away like same day, but that'll be the target. The financials, nothing wrong with the financials, above all the moving averages, trend is your friend, yada, yada, yada. Nothing to see here. They're bullish, they're just eating time off the clock, going back and forth near the highs, poised to break out. Be the umpire calling balls and strikes. This is the chart that's in front of us. Smash mouth, a little bit different than the financials to say the least. Now there was some damage done to the SMH, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, not to say you don't get or can't get a repair operation, but the first order of business is this last or most recent breakdown candle high, 254.96, we'll call it 255 for argument's sake. They ran a test today, failed, couldn't get above. They can do it tomorrow, they'll fill the gap, and then they'll work on the 100 period moving average. If the other side happens and they go the other way, then yesterday's low is the gateway, and if they're breaking yesterday's low in the SMH, look out below across the rest of the markets because it will likely be following suit, meaning other markets would be following suit along with the semis. Semis are a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. Maybe today was a dead cat bounce, one day wonder, but we've got the whole thing. We've got both sides of all the possible schematics we need to go in the near term. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, I gave you a lot of stuff today. And as such, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. 
I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.